Now, there's two other things that our Lord did for us when he uh, went to the cross for us. Now, one of them is that he paid the price for our sin. Now, when our Lord paid the price for our sin, he paid the price for the sin of the world. It wasn't only the sins of Christians that our Lord paid the price for. And we need to understand that concept as well. Because when Jesus went to the cross and when he went down into hell to pay the price for the sin of the world, it was for the sin of the whole world. From the time of Adam until the time of the close of the age, every single sin had to be accounted for. When I say accounted, had to be paid for. No sin can go unpunished. Not with God. Cannot. It, um, for God to leave any sin unpunished would mean that if he punished another person for that same sin, he, he would be then becoming un, become unjust. And so every single transgression has to be accounted for. We pick it up in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 2. Scripture talk says, For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, speaking about the old covenant now, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward. Every transgression and every disobedience received a just reward. That means every transgression and every disobedience. See, that's the word disobedience again. Sin is disobeying the laws of God. And so every time a transgression was done by anyone in the world at any time, there had to be an accounting of that. There had to be a just reward. There had to be a punishment incurred. And so Jesus was used of our God our Father to incur the wrath for the whole world's sin. Um, we pick it up in 1 Corinthians 15.3 For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and so God had to atone for our sins when I say atone that's not the right word in this context God had to um, punish the sin and so in order to, for us to avoid the punishment God chose the Lamb of God to absorb our punishment. And now that was for the sin of all, the whole world. Every sin ever committed and every sin that will ever be committed. Jesus paid the price for every one of our sins in that He uh, was punished for our sins. That's something we need to understand very clearly. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. And so Jesus, God the Father placed upon His Son, Jesus, the sin of the whole world. Matters not who, the most wicked person that you, you could ever think of, all of their sins that they have ever committed. Even, and again we need to understand, even those who never accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, Jesus still paid the price for every one of their sins. Everyone. He had to. Jesus paid the price for the sin of the world. And we need to understand that concept. It's a, it's a different concept to being cleansed. We're going to have a look at that now. Psalm 88, 6-7 says, you, Now Jesus is talking to God the Father. You have laid me in the lowest pit, in darkness, in the depths. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you have afflicted me with all your waves. And so our Lord Jesus Christ was... When he died on the cross, he descended into the lowest pit. 
and there for three days and three nights he incurred the wrath of God for all of our sins. Now it's not only the sin of the Christians. He incurred the wrath of God for the sin of mankind. Every single sin. sin of, um, uh, when Cain killed Abel, that sin that, that Cain committed, Jesus paid the price for it. And that's this. He, he paid the price for every single sin. He, he, he took away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Not the sin of the Christians, the sin of the world. Every single sin Jesus has paid the price for. Romans 4.25 says, Who was delivered up, speaking of our Lord Jesus, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our, our justification. And so it was our sin that delivered Jesus into hell for three days and three nights. There he paid the price for our sin. And it's not, again, we need to get the concept right. The sin of the whole world. When, this, when God's uh, righteous judgment was now clear, he said, okay, every sin has, every transgression has now received its just reward. At that time, Jesus was raised because of our justification. Because justice had been served. And so the transgression had been, had been made by us. The punishment was placed upon the Son, Jesus. So our, our transgression was placed upon Him and He then incurred our punishment. Not only ours, but for the punishment of the whole world. And so when Jesus was, the scripture says God raised him because of our justification. In other words, God said, every sin has now been paid for. My righteous judgment has been met. Now Jesus can be raised. And so when Jesus was raised, he was raised because he had paid for the price, the price for every single sin ever committed and ever will be committed. Whether the, the person believes that or not, or accepts that or not, it's, it's a done deal. It's something that has happened. And so that's something we need to recognize. That's one of the reasons why, when our Lord was on the earth, He taught this concept, that when one hears the gospel preached, and He spoke about certain towns, He said that their judgment, their, on their day of judgment, um, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than those cities, because they had rejected the gospel. So why is it that God says, rejecting the gospel is a greater sin than even Sodom and Gomorrah's sin. Because those societies were, were extremely wicked, if you go and look at it in Scripture. But God says, no, rejecting the gospel is the greatest sin. Now, why is that? Well, it, the reason for that is, is because one who hears the gospel hears that the Son of Man went down to hell and paid the price for my sin. And it means nothing to me. I reject that. Now, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah didn't, know, didn't do that. Because nobody told them about that. Jesus, in fact, says, had they heard that, they would have repented. Um, and so our Lord says that the ones who reject the gospel will have a greater punishment on their day of judgment. Because it, it is such a, an affront to the Spirit of grace to say to God, I don't care that your son went down into hell and died for my son. It means nothing to me. Well, that's an affront to the Spirit of grace. And so that individual will incur a greater judgment on their day of judgment. Um, but that's something, as I say, that's a concept we need to understand that with regards to 
paying the price for our sins. Jesus has done that for everyone. From, the, from Adam through to the close of the age. Matters not who they are, Jesus has paid the price for every single sin. Now the next point is that Jesus has cleansed us from all sin. Now this is where there's a differentiation that takes place. Because although Jesus has paid the price for the sin of the world, in that he became, was made to be sin with the whole sin of the world, um, and he took upon himself the sin of the world, not, the, not everyone in the world is cleansed from all of their sin. Because in order for one to be cleansed from their sin, one has to be in Christ. So, although Jesus paid the price for the sin of the world, and the whole world has, in God's eyes, been justified before Him, they can accept that and receive their forgiveness for their sins. But they don't choose to do that. And so they, they remain outside of this point, being cleansed from all sin. And so even before we were saved, Jesus had paid the price for all of our sins because Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago. And today we, we are committing, we, before we were saved, we were committing sins for you know, however long we were in the world before we became uh, born again. Now all of those sins, Jesus had already paid for it 2,000 years ago. But none of us, before we were saved, were cleansed from those sins. Those sins remained as a part of our lives. Because in order for one to be cleansed from the sins that they have committed, one has to be in Christ. And the world are not in Christ. We have to accept Jesus as Lord in order to be in Christ. Scripture we can look at is 1 John chapter 3, verse 5. And you know that He was manifested to take away our sins. And in Him there is no sin. So what happened is Jesus was made to be sin with our sin, so he became sin. He goes down into hell, he pays the price for our sins for three days, three nights. At the end of that time, God says, all the sins have been accounted for, I can now raise you from the dead. God raises his son from the dead. Jesus then takes his blood into the uh, Holy of Holies and presents that as the atoning sacrifice for the sin of the world. Now, Jesus no longer has any sin in him. He only became sin without sin for that period. When God raised Jesus from the dead, there was no more sin in him because all of the sin had been atoned for in his blood. And so there's no sin in him any longer. Why is that? Because he's dealt with that sin. And so he, that, all of that sin has been cleansed as far as God's concerned with his son. Hebrews 9.12 says, Now, with the blood of goats and calves, no, sorry, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. So Jesus now, he pays the price for the sin of the world. He is raised from the dead and he takes his blood into the holiest of all. And he presents it to God the Father as the atoning sacrifice for the sin of the world. He says here, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all. All is everyone. And so, and that atoning sacrifice was accepted by God. And so, what is available to all the world is complete forgiveness for their sins. Because why? It's under the blood of Christ. It's in the blood of Christ that we are cleansed from our sins. But in order for us to partake of that, we have to now accept Christ as Lord and Savior. 
And so that's why the world are not cleansed from their sins. Why? Because they have not yet partaken of it. They haven't um, washed their sins in the blood of the Lamb. It's only in the blood of the Lamb that they can be washed from their sin. If they choose not to, because they don't accept the gospel, well then their sin remains. It's available to them, the, the, the fact that they, they don't have to pay the price for their sin, Jesus has done it. They can be cleansed from their sin, Jesus can cleanse them. But if they choose not to, God doesn't force anybody to be saved. So if they choose not to, well then their sins remain, not cleansed, and they have to, will incur punishment for their sins for all eternity. So that's the difference. So whereas Jesus has paid the price for the, everybody's sin, and he has made available his atoning sacrifice for everyone's sin, not everyone partakes of that. It is only those who are born again who then are washed from their sins and receive forgiveness for their sins. And so this is where the differentiation takes place between the believer and the unbeliever now. And we need to understand that. Uh, 2 Peter 1 9 kind of explains it a little bit more clearer to us. He says, For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from what? His old sins. And so the Apostle Peter just helps us to understand this concept a little bit easier. Because when, when we come into the kingdom of God, what happens is we are now washed in the blood of the Lamb. When we are washed in the blood of the Lamb, we are cleansed from what? All of our old sins. So the moment that Christian is born again, that instant, the moment that, that, that new birth takes place, the blood of the Lamb is applied to all of their old sins. And it is, a, it is as if they had never sinned. Because all of that sin up until that moment is washed in the blood of the Lamb. And heaven's records show this person to have never sinned because the blood of the Lamb has now taken all of that sin away. And so it's a concept we need to understand very clearly that when we get born again, at that very moment, we stand before the throne of God completely sinless. There's no more sin because we've been washed from all of our old sins. Now, this is where we, the, the Christians kind of miss it, because going forward, it might be that that Christian, for the next hour after they get born again, doesn't commit any sin. Don't forget, sin is transgressing the commandments of God. They're just so in love with Jesus that they just don't sin for the next hour. And so from the time they're born again, for the next 60 minutes, that Christian remains sinless. No sin there. But now they do transgress. Now, what happens when they do transgress? Well, now that sin is there. That sin is not, doesn't form part of the old sins that were washed. Now, this is a new sin that they have committed, which has to be dealt with. And we're not going to touch on that in any kind of depth today. But we need to get the concept and, uh, right to understand going forward how to walk in repentance from sin, repentance from dead works. Um, is that we need to understand that there was all, for every single born-again believer, there was a point in time when we stood before the throne of God completely sinless. And that was when we were born again, because the blood of the Lamb washed us from all of our old sins. 
Going forward, we're going to deal with how do we deal uh, with the new sins that we commit as Christians. And so it, it, I trust that you get your mind around these concepts today. Um, sin is being disobedient to God. That's one of the things we've been looking at, is what is sin? Because this doctrine is repentance from dead works, which means repentance from sin. So what is sin? Sin is disobeying God. That's really the crux of what sin is. We, we looked at the fact that as far as heaven is concerned, everyone was a sinner before they came into the kingdom. And we need to differentiate, as heaven does, that when we come into the kingdom of God, heaven doesn't look at us as sinners anymore. Heaven now looks at us as saints. And we need to look at ourselves in that same light. Because if we don't, we'll never get it right to walk free in this doctrine of repentance from dead works. We will always be bound. And so we need to get the concept right. We're now saints, we're no longer sinners. And then we've, we need to understand the concept. There's two things. In fact, there's more than these two things, but today we're just going to touch on these two. That when Jesus went to the cross for us, with regards to sin, there were two things that he did for us. One is that he paid the price for our sins. Now that he did for the whole world, whether they choose to believe it or not, it's all done. And then he also obtained eternal redemption from our sins through his blood. Now that he also has done for the whole world. But he only cleanses those who choose to believe in him from their sins. And so although the the, the everybody in the, on the planet has access to it, not everybody partakes of it. Although Jesus has done it for everyone, not everyone receives it. Only those who receive salvation in Christ are then cleansed from their old sin. So the whole world is not cleansed from their sins. Their sins remain. In order to partake of the cleansing, one has to be in Christ. And it's those, Christian, those who are born again become cleansed in Christ through His blood. And all of the old sins are washed away in the blood of the Lamb. And so there is a point in time where every single born-again believer stands before the throne of God completely sinless. That's the moment we're born, into the kingdom. There's no more sin there. Now, going forward, things are different, and we need to understand how to deal with things going forward. But we need it to bring us to the point of when we come into the kingdom of God, what actually transpires. And so we need to recognize that, and that's where I want to close the teaching on. 